All right. This is September 7th, Jesus Calling. Enjoy the warmth of my presence shining upon you. Feel your face tingle as you bask in my love light. I delight in you more than you can imagine. I approve of you continuously, for I see you cloaked in my light, arrayed in my righteousness. There is no condemnation for those who are clothed in me. That is why I abhor the use abhor the use of guilt as a means of motivation among Christians. Some pastors try to whip their people into action with guilt-inducing sermons. This procedure can drive many people to work harder, but the end does not justify the means. Guilt-evoking messages can undermine the very foundation of grace in a believer's heart. A pastor may feel successful when his people are doing more, but I look at their hearts. I grieve when I see grace eroding with weeds of anxious works creeping in. I want you to relax in the assurance of my perfect love. The law of my spirit of life has freed you from the law of sin and death. In the first reading today is, let me get this pulled up, Isaiah 61.10, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. And the second reading is Romans 8, 1 and 2. So now there is no condemnation, condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So as I read through this, I started thinking about our status as followers of Christ. We, we are loved, infinitely loved. The author uses the words, I delight in you more than you can imagine. So I was thinking, do, do we really see that? Do we really understand that and believe that, that God delights in us? The closest thing I can think of was maybe when I was in my 20s and was in love. I delighted in the person who became my wife. I really, really enjoyed being with her, talking with her, experiencing life with her. So, you know, being delighted, delighting in someone else and being delighted in like that was, was a powerful thing. And, you know, thinking about that and knowing how that felt and thinking, does God delight in me like that? Because cause that is powerful. Or another example is when we had our first child. We loved being with him. He, you know, he just sat there and, you know, cried and made messes and whatever. But we loved being with him. We we delighted in him. I couldn't wait to get home from work and just sit, sit there with him. If If God delights in us more than we can imagine, then that's, 
a lot because we can imagine a lot. We have those experiences of, of, or I have those too that I just shared that, you know, those were, those were powerful feelings and real life examples. So there, there are powerful connections with, with those people in my life. And if God's commitment and delight and connection to us is even more powerful than that, then, you know, that's that's substantial. The author also talks about pastors who try to induce guilt in their listeners in their congregation. And I've probably been lucky in that the sermons I've heard over the last 20 years haven't haven't been that way. Um, I probably don't remember them super well as far as what they were like whenever I was a kid. I, I grew up in the Catholic Church. Possibly there was some guilt thrown in there in those sermons, but I probably tuned out a lot as a kid on Sunday mornings when the priest was talking. Those those sermons, the homilies as they were called, were they weren't maybe super compelling to me in my teenage mind. But but as I've gotten older, I've thought a lot about the question: What does God want me to think about myself? What what is what does he want me to think about my role here on earth as a Christ follower, as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a banker, as a neighbor? And I'm fairly certain he doesn't want me to go around feeling guilty or ashamed of things I've done or all the things I've failed at in spite of my failures, in spite of my selfishness or my inconsistency and my dedication to him, he loves me anyway. He delights in me more than I can imagine. So I'm trying to do that same sort of thing with the people in my life, to delight in them, to love them in spite of whether they do everything right, because that is the way God models love for us, love unconditionally. It's hard to do. It's impossible for us to do perfectly. But it's such a valuable thing to feel loved unconditionally. What a gift we have from God. What a gift we can try to give to others to love unconditionally. That's my thoughts for today. I'll go into our prayer. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to to uh, be in your word and to listen to what you have to tell us this morning in your word, listen to the devotional, and uh, help us to think about how, how you love us unconditionally, how you delight in us, and help us to remember that, and help us to... Uh, be compelled and motivated to love others like that. Thank you for that great gift. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.